What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. Gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's golden boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 286. Episode 286 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. So, we are in motion now. So, I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, This episode here, remember last week I didn't record nothing. Like, I was having one of those moments last week. uh, Just overwhelmed with a lot of things, you know. Like I said before, I'm slowly but surely... You know, slowly getting back to my old self. So last week I didn't record and I didn't even give my final four predictions for the men or the women. But I will do it in this episode. So, you know, we're going to talk about March Madness on both sides, on the men's side and the women's side. We're going to do a little NBA talk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's looking like he's going to the Jets. Lamar Jackson still hasn't gotten his money, still you know, hasn't gotten his extension and no other teams have really, you know, 
knocked down his door to try to negotiate with him or whatnot. I'm going to speak on that as well. And I'm also going to dive into some baseball. But the World Baseball Classic, I'm going to speak about. Uh, I actually watched that a lot in its entirety this year than I have in previous years. I think 2017 was the other time where I really, really, really watched. But this year, man, oh man, oh man, this one was something else. But we're going to dive into all of that. But first, let's get into what I didn't get into last week, and that was March Madness. We are now in the month of March. We are now at, we're basically towards the end of March. So, yes, it's Women's History Month. No diggity, no doubt. And, uh, Salute to all the women out there. Salute to all the women out there. I wouldn't be remiss had I not said that, had I had I not bring that up now, because I didn't bring that up in recent episodes, but in the month of March. So salute to all the women out there. Um, now we're in March Madness, so you know what that means. NCAA tournament, uh, 68 teams compete to win the ultimate prize, which is the national championship. And I must say, my bracket is a dub. <laughs> listen, 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 I seen, I seen, a, I seen something on ESPN, I think this past weekend, at least for the women's side. That 20 million people had did, you know, they did their brackets. About 20 million people did their brackets. After the women's Stanford team lost to Ole Miss, I believe it was Sunday. Now it's no perfect brackets. None. Now, see, for me, I was never really concerned about the whole graphic, the whole bracket academic my only concern was was my final four gonna be intact i can care less about the other the, the, the other rounds because eventually like eventually you're going to lose one of those matches in the early rounds as long as my final four is intact i'm good and listen when it comes to the men's there have been some upsets so far in this tournament, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on the men first. Then I'm gonna dive into the women because there have been some upsets already. The East Region, Purdue was the number one team in that. You know, Purdue was the number one team in that bracket, and they're out of here already. They're gone. They are out of here. Florida Atlantic got them out of there, and Florida Atlantic is headed. Well, it's going is is in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, man, listen, listen. Kentucky is gone, which is a which is which has been a stable, an institution of college basketball for many years. When you think of the, you know, prestigious programs in college basketball, at least on the men's side. Kentucky is one of those teams. Kentucky is out. Michigan State is still in. That's the dark horse right there. And to think that 
when you have like these like these storied coaches, like the OG coaches that have, you know, retired. You had Coach K, you had Roy Williams, Jim Bayham just retired. Jim Calhoun is gone. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the like you know you, you understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of the like a lot of those OG coaches, they're all gone. Tom Izzo and I can think of probably John Calipari. They're the only two, at least from my era that I grew up watching, that's still around. And to think that Tom Izzo only has one national championship, and I believe that was in Dang, I forgot what year it was. I think it was 99. I think they beat, um, who was it that they beat? I think they beat Florida in the national title game that year. That's when he had Mateen Cleaves, uh, Morris Peterson, and them boys, the Flint boys. Yeah. So, I mean, to think that Tom Izzo only has one national championship is beyond me. But regardless of the fact, still fantastic coach, still great coach, but, uh, Yes, Michigan State is in the Sweet 16, and they are going to take on Kansas. I believe this game is in the Garden, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I, I, I believe the Sweet 16 for the East region is in the Garden, and if so, that crowd is going to be pro-Michigan State. I forgot what year it was. It was it, it was def, it was definitely a few years ago. And Michigan State, whatever region Michigan State was in, they played in the garden. And you would think Michigan State was the Knicks. Because the way the crowd was behind them was nothing but amazing. Nothing but amazing. It it it, it was definitely a sight to see. And uh listen, my East bracket is done. Because I had Duke coming out the final four. I had Duke going to the Final Four. I like the way Duke ended their season. Obviously, they can't. Obviously, they had. Obviously, they had a new coach because, again, like I just said, Coach K was gone. So their season was kind of on the up and up during the season. But I liked how they ended their season. They ended their season on a winning streak. They wind up winning their ACC tournament. So obviously, if you can win your conference tournament, that's definitely a good look going into the tournament. And then, bam, they lose to Tennessee, which I'm kind of not surprised because Tennessee is very physical, very physical. They're very, they're a very physical basketball team. So I was not, I was not surprised by that. And Tennessee, they're in the Sweet 16. You know, so this, so you know, you know, this is, you know, this, this is gonna be a hell of a Sweet 16 in the East region. It's going to be a hell of a Sweet 16. You know, you got, you know, FAU going up against Tennessee on 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 one side of the East region. And then you got Michigan State and Kansas, you know, on the other side. So if I want to, I might as well give my winners right now for who I think is going to win those games. I got Michigan State and I got Tennessee going up against each other on Saturday. Because this episode is going to drop on Friday. So, you know, the episode is going to drop on Friday. So, this matchup, I will probably speak, I'll pretty much speak about it next week. Because, again, I'm dropping this on Friday. And 
the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight is still going to be going on. So in the East region now, being that I had Duke and Duke is out, I have Michigan State and Tennessee playing in the uh, playing in the Elite Eight, which is the regional final, to find out who goes to the Final Four. And I'm going to go with Tom Izzo. I'm going to go with Tom Izzo. I think that Michigan State has struck at the right time. They are playing extra hard. They're playing very, very hard, this Michigan State team. Kansas State ain't nothing to mess around with, though. They're not, they're not no pushovers. But I just think it's something about playing in that garden for Michigan State. And that crowd is going to be pro-Michigan State, whether it's, to, whether it's Thursday when they play, and if they advance on Saturday, that crowd will be pro-Michigan State inside Madison, Madison Square Garden. So I got them winning the East region and getting to the Final Four. Now we get to the South region. The South region, I got Alabama coming out. Now, no, this is not the Alabama roll tide of college football that we're accustomed to seeing. This is not that's this is not Nick Saban on the sideline that we're accustomed to seeing in the college football playoff. No, no, no. This is the Alabama basketball team. Okay? And I have them coming out of the I have them coming out of their region which is the South. Um me, I actually had them going up against Arizona and the Elite Eight, but obviously that's not going to happen now because Arizona is up and out of there. They're gone. They're out of here. So obviously that's not going to be the case. But yes, I do have Alabama coming out of the South region. I do believe that... Uh, I do believe that this is just... You know, my opinion. I believe that Alabama will take care of either Princeton or Creighton in the Elite Eight because that's who they're going to have to play. I think they will get rid of San Diego State in the Sweet 16. I think they will get rid of them. I think they played them on Friday. And then... They play, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they play, they, they, they play San Diego State on Friday, and then on Sunday they will play either the winner of Princeton and Creighton, and I think they will get those teams out of there. So I got Alabama coming out of the South and going to the Final Four. Now we get to the Midwest region. Honestly, this region here, I really didn't have a hard time picking a winner. I had Houston. Well, I got Houston. Let me not say I had Houston. I, I you know, I had, I, you know, I have, um, <clears throat> pardon self. I have Houston coming out of this region. But I, but listen, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm definitely gonna tell you something. The U, Miami. Miami is not going to be no pushover. And again, this is not, this is not the Miami of football. 
This is not the you, okay? This is not Michael Irvin, Ray Lewis, Jerome Brown, the late Jerome Brown, you know. That's not Jimmy Johnson on the sidelines. That's not Schellenberger. No, no, this is the basketball team, Miami. They can make things very interesting against this Houston team. They can make things very interesting. But like I said, me, I never hedge my bets, even though I'm not betting. But when I make a pick, I stick with the pick. I have Houston coming out, okay? Now, I will be remiss. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I actually had Houston going up against Texas in the regional. But obviously, that's not going to happen now. That's not going to happen now. Well, actually, it can. Actually, it can. Because I, I, I'm thinking of the women's Texas. The women's Texas got eliminated. Not the men's Texas. The men's Texas is still in. And they got Xavier. So that's going to be a hell of a game. That's going to be a hell of a game. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. So listen, for me, listen, it, listen, it might be a Texas affair for the South region. It might be a Texas affair because I have Houston coming out. But on the other side against them is either Xavier or Texas. So we might get an all Texas regional final. So again, that's what I had. I had Houston going up against Texas. And in the, in, the, in, in the Elite Eight. So hopefully that's the case. I'm not against a whole Texas, you know, regional final to see who goes to the final four. I have no problem with that. So now we get to the West. And the number one team that was supposed to come out of there was Kansas. Kansas was the number one team, and they lost to Arkansas. So Arkansas is now in the Sweet 16. They will take on the Yukon Huskies. Dan Hurley is the coach. Big shoes to fill for him. Jim Calhoun won a national championship with Connecticut. Kevin Ali won a national championship with Connecticut. So now I'm sure they're going to expect that from them. I'm not even going to bring up Gino on the women's side because we know what he does when it comes to UConn. But at least for the men's side, again, Jim Calhoun has won a championship. Kevin Ali has won one. So now, you know, those fans in stores Connecticut, they're expecting Dan Hurley to, you know, bring a national championship to the University of Connecticut. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. That Arkansas team is very, very physical. They got some rough riders on that team. So when they play on Thursday, that is not going to be a give me, a gimme game. It's not. Even though UConn is a fourth seed and Arkansas is an eight, this is the beauty of March Madness. That seeding shit don't mean nothing. Because if you go into these games thinking, oh, yeah, I'm the number one seed. I'm going to just push over you and this, that, and the third. No, you not. Look what just happened to Purdue. 
Number one seed, right? And they're gone. There have been some, listen, there have been some, listen, there have been some number one seeds. There have been some number one seeds that got bumped in the first round. Didn't Virginia do that, I think, last year? Wasn't there a number one seed last year and got bumped? So it can happen. You can get got. If you're not on your game, you can get got. Your seed don't mean a damn thing. You will, you can easily get got. But uh, yes, yes. When I when I did my bracket, I had UCLA coming out of the West. And look, I can still claim that because they're in the Sweet Sixteen, and they're going up against Gonzaga. So the winner out of Gonzaga and UCA, UCLA will play the winner out of UConn and uh, Arkansas. So for me, being that I still have my pick in order for the West, which was UCLA, I have UCLA taking out Gonzaga in a close game. And then I say UConn. Pulls a nail biter against Arkansas. And we get Connecticut and we get, well, we get UConn and we get UCLA and the West Regional Final, which is the Elite Eight. And then, of course, again, I have to stick with my pick. And I got UCLA going to the Final Four. So on the men's side, again, Duke is out. They're done. That was my original pick. They were my original pick. For the East region. So obviously they're done. My replacement for them will be Michigan State. So I have Michigan State coming out of the East. I have Alabama coming out of the South. I have Houston still coming out of the Midwest. And then I have UCLA coming out of the West. So if you noticed... Three of my original picks are still in. Duke was the only one that was my original pick that got eliminated. Now let's go to the ladies. Now let's go to the ladies. Man, oh man, oh man. Let me tell you something. Obviously the talk of the women's NCAA tournament, March Madness, is who can dethrone South Carolina? They are the reigning defending national champions. They're riding high on a 33-game winning streak. They have not lost all season. Now, there were some games where it was some nail biters. But for the most part, the question has been, is there any team that can dethrone them? I'm just putting it out there right now. I have South Carolina winning the whole thing. I'm putting that out there right now. See, on the men's side, I really, you know, really could care less who wins the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? But I'll say it. I had Alabama winning the national championship. I had them winning it on the men's side, okay? On the women's side, I got South Carolina winning it. Now, do I think they will be tested in this tournament? Absolutely, they will. It's just a matter of when. Because the region that they're in, because obviously they're number one, they're in 
Greenville won. See that? See? See there? Representation is different than the guys. You know, you got a Seattle. You got a Seattle Region One. I mean, you got a Seattle Region Three. You got a Seattle Region Four. You got a Greenville Region One. Uh, Greenville of uh, Region Two. So for the for South Carolina, I have them beating. I have them taking out. Who is it that I have them taking now? I'm trying to, I'm trying to check. I'm trying to see if I, uh, I'm trying to see who do I have, who do I have them taking out. I'm trying to figure that out right now. I need y'all to bear with me. I need y'all to bear with me. I actually have them playing Maryland in the Elite Eight, and that will be their test. But I do believe that they will get through it. It will be a good game. Maryland has been a fantastic program for the past couple of years. Past couple of years, they have had fan, have had a fantastic program. But see, just me, I'm I'm listen. I, I love me some Dawn Staley. What she has done for that program at South Carolina has been nothing but amazing, and I just don't see nobody beating them. I just don't see them beating. I, I just don't see anyone beating that team. I just don't. I honestly don't. Aaliyah Boston, Cook, Bria, Cardoza, when she's in the game, 6'8", can grab rebounds, can play defense. That team is dangerous. Dangerous, I tell you. So, yes, I have South Carolina coming out of the Greenville 1 bracket. Okay? UCLA is going to make it. UCLA, there are no pushovers. They're going to make it very interesting in the Sweet 16 against South Carolina. They're going to make it very interesting. Very interesting. But I just got South Carolina coming out. Okay? Greenville 2. Greenville 2. I have LSU coming out. Now, listen. LSU was a third seed in their bracket. The number one seed was Indiana. And Miami took them out in an amazing game over the weekend. An amazing game over the weekend. And as an aside, you have both... University of Miami teams in the Sweet 16. You have both UConn teams in the Sweet 16. You have both UCLA's in the Sweet 16. And I think that's it. I think I, I think I, I think those are the only programs with both of their both of their programs are currently. Oh, in Tennessee, pardon self. And all and, and listen. All of those programs I mentioned are very storied programs. At least with the University of Miami, it's storied on the football side. But UCLA and UConn and Tennessee, those are storied programs. Well, Tennessee is also storied on the women's side because the late great Pat Summit. It ain't really that storied on the male side. But just to have both your programs in the Sweet 16 is dope. 
Now, UConn, to my knowledge, is the only program, for as long as I know, that won the national championship in the same year. The men's UConn won the national championship the same year the women won theirs. I forgot which year it was, but it was when Kevin Ali was the head coach for UConn. But yes, I have LSU coming out of the Greenville 2 bracket. I love me some Angel Reese. I spoke about this in my last episode. I believe this girl is WNBA ready now. It's unfortunate that she's only a sophomore and she has to do all four years because I wish she can go now because she's WNBA ready. And then you have a coach like Kim Milkey who did exceptional work at Baylor and is now at LSU and that team has gravitated to her. They've gravitated towards her towards her swag, which I don't know why she thinks she's the best dressed coach because that is a bullhead lie. Uh, Sydney, uh, Sydney Carter, the assistant coach at Texas, will have something to say about that. She will have absolutely something to say about that. But I digress. Indiana was the number one seed. They got bumped by Miami. I have LSU coming out of Greenville 2. Now, Seattle won. This was the region where I had a hard time. This was the region when I had a hard time deciphering a winner. Because see, me and my honest opinion, I truly believe that Iowa got the short end of the stick. I truly believe that they got screwed over. Because see, me, in my opinion, I believe they should have been a number one seed in their bracket. Because for one... First of all, they won their they won their conference. Stanford didn't win theirs. Stanford didn't win their they didn't win the Pac-12. But Iowa won their tournament, which was the Big Ten. They won their conference. And they were a higher seed. So I truly don't understand how Stanford wound up being the number one seed. But I listen, I'm not tripping because I love Stanford. I love Coach Tara. I love Cameron Brink, who is a defensive powerhouse in the paint you better not go in that paint because she will block your shot i love me some Haley jones listen the game that they had against Ole miss when you talk about a slugfest when you talk about when you talk about a momentum builder that was an amazing game amazing game i watched it over the weekend an amazing game and for me, it was the physicality of Ole Miss that took Stanford out their game. And then to think, you lose, and not only do you lose, your season is over, but then you lose on your home court. Like Indiana, they lost on their home court. Stanford, they lost on their home court. You know, the first two rounds in their brackets, it was in their home court. So y'all had home court advantage. The turnovers killed Stanford. Ole Miss was very physical. Shout out to Coach Yo. From the Bahamas. Them Ole Miss, that, that Ole Miss team is not to be messed with. They're not. 
They're not. They're not to be messed with. But Iowa, yo. That girl, Caitlin Clark, she is something special. She is something special. Now, again, I know y'all saying to yourself, motherfucker, who did you pick to come out the tournament? How, who did you pick to come out the bracket? I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. I split it down the middle. <laughs> I split it down the middle between Iowa and Stanford, man. I really couldn't pick. I really couldn't pick. But listen, since Stanford is already out, I guess you could say I got Iowa now because they're still in. So in my opinion, I truly believe. I truly believe because, yo, listen, let me tell you something. This region right here, this Seattle region, to think Colorado is still in the Sweet 16. Now remember, Coach Dion, his daughter plays for the his daughter plays for Colorado, but she's not playing this year. She's going to be there next year. She transferred during the season. So this Colorado team is doing this already. Just imagine when his daughter plays, because she got game. She got serious game. So for me, I have Iowa coming out, okay? But now the question is, who do I have them going against, right? I truly believe that Stanford, I truly believe, not Stanford, pardon yourself. I believe, I truly believe that Iowa I truly believe that Iowa will take on. I'm trying to think. Who does Iowa take on? Because Iowa plays Colorado, right? So I'm trying to think. Do we get an Iowa Louisville Elite Eight? I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. So, yeah, I got Iowa coming out of the Seattle region. Regional four, for that matter. I have Iowa coming out of that. And now let's get to Seattle regional three. And that will be the bracket where you can make a case the most storied program in women's college basketball history. And that would be the Lady Huskies. They reign supreme there. I do not care about them being a number two seed. I have them coming out of that bracket. Okay. I respect, I respect Virginia Tech. I truly do. I truly, truly do. I have Tennessee taking them out in the Sweet 16. So, for all attentive purposes, once again, we are going to have UConn and Tennessee battling it out 
in the NCAA tournament. This is March Madness for your ass, baby. The late, great Pat Summit would be up in the heavens smiling if her Lady Vols go up against Geno. It won't be for the national championship, but at least they get to slug it out one more time. The two-storied franchises in women's basketball, college basketball, they get to slug it out in the Elite Eight. So, yes, I have Connecticut. I have them coming out the region. But I do have them taking out. I do have UConn taking out Tennessee and the Elite Eight. That, that was my original pick. Virginia Tech, listen, number one seed, respect it. But see, now it's time to get battle tested. This is when the experience comes into play. And I'm not sure if they're built for that experience. So I, had them I have them losing to Tennessee in the Sweet 16. I had it in my bracket, and I'm saying it now. This is when they was going to lose because Stanford was a number one seed. They got bumped. Indiana was a number one seed. They got bumped. And this weekend, Virginia Tech will be the next number one seed to get bumped. The only number one seed that will not get bumped is South Carolina because I have them winning the whole thing. So my final four for the women. South Carolina, LSU, Iowa, and UConn. That is my final four for the women. And again, for the men, I have Michigan State. Now that Duke is out. I originally had Alabama, who was still in. I originally had Houston, who was still in. And I have UCLA, who was originally still in. There you have it. So, Enough talk with college basketball. Oh, no, no, no. One more thing. One more thing. Good readings to Patrick Ewing, who was the coach for Georgetown for a few years. Unfortunately, they didn't do shit the whole time he was there. I do believe one year they did win the Big East tournament. Like, they was a low, low, low seed, and they wound up winning the tournament. Congrats to him on that. But he really didn't do much the whole time he was there. Ed Cooley, who who coached at Providence for so many years, so many years, said, you know what? I'm going to leave Providence and now I'm going to go to Georgetown. Which is crazy to me because when you think of coaches leaving one school to go to the other, for as long as I can remember, they would leave and go to another conference. Like when Roy Williams used to coach at Kansas, he came to coach at North Carolina. That was his old school. So he went to coach in North Carolina. He didn't stay in the Big 12. He didn't go coach Oklahoma. He didn't go coach Texas. He said, you know what? I'm leaving the Big 12. I'm going to go to the ACC. John Calipari, when he used to coach UMass back in the day, he didn't stay in the conference. He went to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Rick Pitino. Well, speaking of Rick Pitino, he about to coach St. John. Six-year deal. In a few years, St. John's going to be something because Rick Pitino, he got some hardware to prove it. 
he got some national championships to prove that he could coach. He got one with Kentucky. And he got one with Louisville. So St. John's is going to be a... I'm not, I'm not going to say they're going to be a powerhouse, but they're going to be a problem in the coming years. But back to Ed Cooley. You leave Providence and then you go to Georgetown. Now, Georgetown hasn't been that... Listen, Georgetown ain't been relevant in quite some time since the late, great John Thompson. So... I don't know about this move. I, 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 I listen. He, listen. He had a great thing going at Providence. Now, did they reach the ultimate destination? No. But the program, Providence, their their program is way, way, way advanced right now than Georgetown. So I, I don't know. Georgetown must have gave him a hell of a lot of money. Cause listen, that shit gonna be strange. That is going to be strange to see him, you know, on that sideline, but not on Providence sideline, but on Georgetown sideline. That 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 that's gonna be very strange to see. But congrats, nonetheless. I like Ed Cooley. I like his spirit. I like how he galvanizes his team. You know, especially in these Big East tournaments. You know, when they come to New York, and they play in that Garden. You know, you, you know, you you know, you root for the underdog. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, it, it, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see him coaching Georgetown. But we gonna see. We definitely going to see. But enough of college basketball. Let's get into some NBA talk. Okay, this MVP race is getting very interesting. Now, I must say, before the season started, I had Joel Embiid as my MVP anyway. Okay, let me just put that out there. Now, it's been a lot of talk of Joker winning the MVP. I was watching first take a few weeks ago, and J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins had a war of words. Well, Kendrick Perkins felt that being because he was yelling, he was actually saying something, but in reality, he wasn't saying anything. Basically, what he was trying to indicate was the white voters was basically picking... Joker to be the MVP. But if you look at his numbers, he's MVP worthy. You know what I'm saying? If you look at his numbers, they're MVP worthy. So is Giannis. So is Joel Embiid. But once Denver started going on their losing streak and Giannis being out with an injury and then Philly started climbing up with their winning, now Embiid currently right now, from what everybody is saying, is the favorite to win MVP. And I'm hoping he does win. I really hope Joel Embiid wins. Because it's about time he gets one. Because you can make a case that the previous two years, he was in the conversation. But unfortunately, with his injuries and him missing some games, that played a role of him not winning MVP. And right now, Joel Embiid has done an amazing job this season. He has done an amazing job. Averaging 33 points a game, averaging 10 rebounds a game, almost averaging two blocks a game. Now, yeah, it ain't on some triple-double, close to triple-double shit like Joker, but his team is winning. Not to say that Denver isn't. Denver's a number one seed. 
But even so, they was on a loser streak not too long ago. And Joel Embiid and Philly was, and he was cooking. So, yes, right now, I'm all for Joel Embiid winning the MVP. I'm all for it. I am all for it. The Lakers, man. The Lakers, man. I really don't want to talk about them, but they are currently right now in the play-in. If the playoffs started today, the Lakers would be in the play-in tournament because they're the 10th seed. If they were in the play-in, which means they would play Minnesota, which I think they which I think they could beat Minnesota. I truly think they can. I think LeBron is going to sit out a few games before the season is over. I don't think this is a case where he's going to miss the rest of the season and then show up if they make the playoffs. I think he's just waiting to see where they'll be positioned, where his dramatic ass can come back and try to save the day. Anthony Davis has tried to do his part to hold this team down, but I must say Austin Reeves is doing his thing. And this is and this is why I'm kind of glad. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm glad LeBron got hurt, but it's good to see that when your star player is gone, this gives the role players an opportunity to shine. Now, if Austin Reeves can keep this up when LeBron comes back, it's gonna be very interesting. D'Angelo Russell is doing his thing. It's gonna be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen. Very intrigued. John Morant made his return off the bench in a Grizzly win. I'm just happy to see him back on the court. You know, hopefully he's getting the help that he needs. Hopefully we won't have to have another one of these episodes of him flashing a gun on social media. Listen, hopefully not. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully not. Golden State, six seed. Paul George had a leg injury. So we're waiting to see how long he's going to be out. Listen, this dude can never stay healthy, man. Dude's just injury prone. Injury prone, you hear me? Injury prone. But I got to talk about Dane. Because I was reading something about Dame Littered, right? And now, now, he's not interested in a rebuild with Portland. You don't say. You don't say. That's not what I'm interested in. That's not what I'm interested in. That's not what he's interested in. That's what the frustrating part of it is. Talking about what's going to happen next season and us building. That's not what I'm here to do, especially at this stage of my career. One plus one equals two. Leave. Ask for a trade. Okay, I just read something. They said Paul George is out two to three weeks. 
Ain't that many games left in the season. Can Kawhi keep this team afloat? Because right now, I think the Clippers, at this particular moment, right now, I think the Clippers are the fifth seed in the West. If the playoffs start today, they'll be playing Phoenix. That's a first-round exit because once KD comes back, this Houston, this Phoenix team is really going to get cooking. Once KD gets back. They're going through some growing pains right now. Shit, KD got hurt through a goddamn layup line. That shit crazy. But I believe when he comes back, this Phoenix team is going to be up to par. I truly believe that. But uh, back to Dane. Listen, I don't feel sorry for Dane. Because he had two opportunities to leave this team. And that Portland front office gave him a boatload of money to where, in the Godfather terms, they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. They threw him so much money, it would have been so difficult for him to say no. And that's what they did. They gave him a boatload of money. 200 plus mil on both deals. You want to leave us? How about we throw this money at you? Still want to leave? Dame is an exceptional talent. One of the best shooters this game has ever seen. We all know about Dame time. We all know about the logo threes. We get all that. But see, my problem with Dame Litter is this. Yes, he's done all those things. But where is Dame time when it's playoff time? Okay? Because see, for me, aside from the two walk-offs in the playoffs... One against Houston and one against OKC. What has he accomplished in the playoffs? Not a damn thing. He has one Western Conference Finals appearance. And he got swept by the Golden State Warriors. Now, yeah, it was the Golden State Warriors with KD, Steph, and Clay. But guess what? That series, KD was hurt. And in all four games, you, C.J. McCollum, and them, and that Portland Blazers team, y'all had leads going into the fourth quarter, and y'all stanked up the joint. So part of me kind of doesn't feel bad for Dame Litter because you had an opportunity to leave, but you chose to stay. Now he's saying this, will Portland be interested in trading him? Because let's be real, no marquee free agent is going to Portland. Nobody. Nobody's interested in going to Portland. Nobody. So he's going to have to, listen, when this season is over, he's going to have to go into that office and say, trade me. He's basically going to have to do what KD did. He's going to have to force a trade. Because there's no big free agent that's coming to Portland. It just ain't happening. It's just not happening. Now, I spoke so much about the West, I forgot about the East. Listen, I got Milwaukee coming out, okay? Boston is going through some going pains right now. Jalen Brown talking about, you know, I want to be where I'm welcomed and all this other stuff. Now, I mean, let's be real. When it comes to trade talks with Boston, for some reason, Jalen Brown's name is always mentioned. And as a player... You never want to hear your name in trade talks. Never. 
And you got to remember, Jalen Brown is still young. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. Nobody wants to hear their name in trade talks. And his name stay in trade talks. Stay in trade talks. So, hopefully this shit could pass, through, pass over. You know what I'm saying? Because I love seeing him in Boston. I love seeing the tandem with him and Jason Tatum. I love the ones who punch with them. I don't want to see Jalen Brown go somewhere else. You know, but when you when you keep hearing your name in trade talks, yeah, that shit going to piss you off. It's definitely going to piss you off. So, I hope, you know, or, you know, I hope all goes well with this Boston team. But, uh, the Knicks, man. The Knicks had a crazy winning streak not too long ago. Julius Randle almost dropped 60 on Minnesota a few nights ago. In the Garden. Unfortunately, they lost. Cleveland is riding high on that fourth seed. Philly is riding high on that third seed. The Bulls are in the play-in right now. If the playoffs started today. So is Toronto, so is Atlanta, and so is Miami. You got three teams in the East with losing records that can play in the play-in. But none of them are real threats anyway, so it really doesn't matter. So, you know, it is what it is. But yes, I have Milwaukee coming out of the West. If you're asking me now on who do I have coming out of the West to play Milwaukee in the finals, if you're asking me now, with a healthy KD, I would say Phoenix. I'm not liking what's going on with Golden State, man. For you to be defending champions and have only nine road wins, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is beyond me. You only have nine road wins this whole season. That's beyond pathetic. Especially with a Steve Kirk coach team with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And Clay Thompson, I need to have a word with you. I know Dylan Brooks is getting under your skin and shit. And I know, yes, you have four championships and you keep, like, what was it? It was a few nights ago, y'all played Memphis and you was losing. And you kept pointing, and you kept looking at the Memphis bench to keep. Putting up four, putting up the number four because you got your four rings. Okay, yeah, you got four rings, and yes, you're reigning defending champs. But goddamn, man, y'all niggas can't win on the road, man. Y'all, you need to shut the fuck up with that shit and just play some ball. Play some ball. Stop with the putting the four fingers up. You're not the four horsemen, all right? Yes, you got four championships, but damn. Get it together. Get it together, Golden State. Because listen, if the playoffs started today, they got they got Sacramento. And that young team ain't playing. De'Aaron Fox, Monk, Mike Brown, who's coach of the year, he got them boys playing. He got them boys playing up there in Sacramento. There ain't going to be no pushover. And remember, y'all can't win on the road. If the playoffs started and y'all played Sacramento... 
They got home court advantage. The first two games is in Sacramento. Is it a sure thing that they'll be able to split one of those two games? I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to see. We are definitely going to see. Now. Before I go. I want to talk about this World Baseball Classic that we just witnessed. This might have been the best World Baseball Classic that we have had. Now, again, for those of y'all that don't know, the World Baseball Classic is like the Baseball Olympics for Major League Baseball. I believe every... I'm trying to think. The last one, I think, was 2017. So we got 20... 18, 20, 19, 20, 20. Wow. I don't know how many years they do it sporadically, but when they do do it, the last two times they've done it have been amazing. First of all, congrats to Japan. They are the World Baseball Classic champs this time around. I was kind of hoping that USA would spin the block and go back to back because we won the last one in 2017. I wish we would have spin the block and won it this year but unfortunately that wasn't the case but uh you got to give credit where it's due japan they were undefeated throughout the whole tournament they won all their games in their pool obviously they won in the quarterfinals obviously they won in the semifinals and obviously they won in the last game and what was so fitting that the last out you had Otani as the pitcher, which they did say before the game. When it was announced that Japan was playing the U.S., they did say that Otani would come in in relief if they needed him. And I thought it was fitting that the last out was between Otani as the pitcher and Mike Trout of the Anaheim Angels because it just so happens that they play on the same team. So I thought it was fitting for that. But I am proud of Team USA. I have my doubts. I am not going to lie to you. I had my doubts about Team USA going into this World Baseball Classic. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have my concerns. But I was very proud of them. I was very proud of them. They did an amazing job. But uh, listen, the better team won Japan. Dominican Republic, I thought they were the clear favorites. Their team was stacked to the ceiling. So was Venezuela. So was Puerto Rico. But this World Baseball Classic was fantastic. It was it was very it was very very fantastic. But then it made me think, right? It made me think. Let's say the World Baseball Classic was around in the 90s. Let's say it would have came like in the late 90s, right? I actually sat down and thought about this. If we had a World Baseball Classic back in the day, I want to say late 90s, who would be on our team? Now, again, I'm going with players, obviously, that I grew up watching, right? 
Ken Griffey definitely would have been on the team. Alex Rodriguez. Well, see, with A-Rod, I don't know because he don't know if he's Puerto Rican. He don't know if he's Dominican. He don't know if he would have played for the American team, but, but I digress. He might have played with us. So let's just say for the sake of argument, he played with us, right? He plays shortstop, right? But then where does my man Jita go? Because Jita damn sure going to be on the team. But see, Jita would have to play second base. Because Chipper Jones definitely has to be on this team. And I'm not putting A-Rod at third base. Chipper Jones is going to have third base. So Griffey would be on this team. A-Rod would be on this team. Jeter would be on this team. Chipper Jones would be on this team. Come on now. You think I'm leaving Barry Bonds out? Mind you, this is pre-steroids. Pre-steroids. And Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he even started juicing up. You think he wouldn't be on Team USA if the World Baseball Classic was back in the day? Come on now. You ain't that naive. Mark McGuire, he would have been out DH. Now, right field, I don't know. I can't, I can't really, I can't decipher who I would have had on right field. I'm going to have to get back to y'all on that one. First base, I'm not really sure who I would have had. I'm going to have to get back to y'all on that one as well. Catcher, I might say Jason Kendall. Because you got to remember, again, Team USA. So you can't say Mike Piazza. Because knowing him, he might have played for Italy, right? He might have played, played for his homeland in Italy. So you can't say him, right? Then you can't say Sammy Sosa because, again, Sammy Sosa is Dominican. He might have played for Dominican Republic. So you can't use him. So right field and catcher, I'm not really sure. First base, I'm not sure either. But I will tell you this, though. Our pitching staff? Shit. Man, let me throw out some names for y'all. Randy Johnson. Roger Clemens. Greg Maddox. John Smoltz, perhaps. Tom Glavitt, perhaps. And again, that's just my starting pitcher. Let's get to the relievers. Now, I would love to throw Mariano in there, but he's Pandemanian. So he might have played for his home native, right? So why not go with the second greatest closer of all time? And that's Trevor Hoffman. That team is stacked to the ceiling. Now just imagine if Team USA was fully... Now imagine if the World Baseball Classic was around back then. That would have been... Listen, that would have been my team. That would have been my team back in the day. Now again, I listen, right field, I don't know. First base, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Those two positions, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But that pitching rotation, man, whoo, with the names I just said, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavitt. God damn. Who hitting, who hit, who hitting from them motherfuckers? 
Shit, you might hit some foul balls, that's about it. But you ain't gonna do no damage. Nah, nah, nah. No, no sir, no. In fact, you know what? First base, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, first base, now that I think about it, now that I think about it, first base, I think I could put somebody at first base. Now that I think about it, first base, now that I think about it, I think I might have somebody. I think I might have somebody. I think I might have somebody. Tino Martinez? But see, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. His father was Cuban-American. So if Cuba had a team, would he want to play for Cuba? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So no, I'm putting him... Fuck that. I'm putting Tino with Team USA. Yup. I'm putting Tino with Team USA. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. So the... So, okay. So the only position that I'm not sure about is right field. That's the only one I'm not sure about. Every other position is up for taking except right field. And you don't want to leave that side of the field open. You don't want to leave that side of the field open. So I, I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. But, uh, I think I spoke on, I, I think I've talked enough. I think I should put a wrap to this episode. Uh, your boy is getting hungry. And I want to have my bowl of cereal. I have plenty of cereals to choose from. I have Cocoa Pebbles. I have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I have Special K. I need to get me a box of Wheaties. That's what I'm going to do. I got to do some food shopping today. So I'm going to do that. So, you know. I got to go. It's a wrap, you know, but I want to thank y'all for y'all support. Your continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on Anchor. Y'all can download the Anchor app and look me up on there. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on iTunes. I'm on iHeartRadio. Check your boy out. I'm just not on Tidal. What up, Hove? What up, big homie? Uh, Y'all can find me on social media, Facebook. Dre Day, Instagram, Dre Day1985, or Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. On Twitter, Dre Day1985. That's where you can find me. So once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 286 is over. Oh, no. Wait a minute. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to talk about football. I forgot to talk about Aaron Rodgers. But right, I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to piggyback off of first take. They got some shit called quick take. Supposedly, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. He spoke on Pat McAfee and say he's coming to the Jets. But nothing is finalized yet. But he says he intends to play for the Jets. But let's say for the sake of argument, he does play for the Jets. Does this make the pack? Does this make the Jets a legit contender in the AFC? And my answer is simply yes. Yes, they are a threat. 
I still don't think they're better than Kansas City, and I still don't think they're better than Cincinnati. There it is. Lamar, Baltimore, stop bullshitting. Give Lamar his money. Give him his money. Simple and plain. But again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sports Baby Dre Day Podcast. Episode 286 is done. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.